Don't lose money when the real estate market plummets. I'll talk about that next on Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio with New York Times best-selling author and your host, Doug Andrews. This is Doug Andrews speaking to you, our incredible national audience, from our three-dimensional wealth studios nestled at the base of the majestic Rocky Mountains. This show is about empowering you, people, and organizations that want to optimize their assets, minimize taxes, and empower their authentic wealth. Well, folks, uh, if you've listened to me very much on this show, I love to help people uh, learn about opportunities that maybe they didn't know existed before, give them ahas on how to better optimize their assets and minimize taxes. And uh, a lot of times people ask me questions regarding real estate. Now, I'm not a big real estate investor uh, by my uh, standards, okay? I don't own a whole bunch of rental properties or apartment complexes or commercial buildings. I have owned them, but I I do not like being a landlord. And so uh, I'll either use them for my own purposes or um, I might uh, buy and fix up and then flip uh, occasionally or whatever, okay? But I have a lot of clients throughout the country who own real estate And many of them that are very, very savvy, they compliment uh, me and what I teach in my books and on this show and on my YouTube channel about how to always uh, keep your money liquid, safe, and earning a predictable rate of return, at least equal to or greater than inflation, for example, but equal to or greater than uh, the borrowing rate if you're borrowing money or you have mortgages on your real estate properties. And uh, those who get it, uh, they are protected when we go through the volatility in the real estate market, which isn't uh, as bad as the volatility in the stock market. In fact, I've used the metaphor of the story of the three little pigs for many, many years where I keep my serious cash uh, safely tucked in a house of bricks uh, in max funded indexed uh, insurance contracts where it's liquid, safe, earning a predictable rate of return tax free. Uh, that is often doubled or tripled the net cost of borrowing money on a mortgage, okay? But see, uh, the other two houses in that little story of the three pigs, the house of sticks and the house of straw, what's that? Well, the house of straw to me is like the stock market uh, and the big bad wolf, uh, the, the pandemics, the recessions, the all the things that go on out there that, that have a ripple effect, uh, that causes the stock market to crash and be volatile sometimes uh, with in one day or one month like the pandemic in March of 2020 when the stock market dropped 30% in one month. Now, you will normally not see the real estate market do that, to drop 30% in one month. But because of the pandemic, uh, we now are seeing the ripple effect of commercial real estate in particular, uh, losing value uh, 30 or 40%. We see uh, 30 and 40 and 50% vacancies. And this is a result of things maybe you didn't have any control over, the pandemic. If you're not connecting the dots, I, I was talking about this yesterday 
yesterday in an educational webinar. But see, uh, during the pandemic, for example, COVID-19, it forced a lot of employers to do something that they wanted to experiment with, but they didn't want to do it, you know, in in one fell swoop, but they were forced to. And that's uh, let people work from their homes. And uh, when they had people working from their homes, uh, they found out the results of what they uh, suspected. They found that uh, somewhere between 40 to 60 percent. So we'll just take the the average of 50 percent. Half of all uh, workers in America were as effective or even more effective working from home. And so why are you going through all of this expensive overhead of uh, brick-and-mortar offices if uh, they are as effective or more effective working from home? And they would rather be at home. Now, the other half of workers, uh, no, they played. They weren't effective. They were not efficient. They need to punch in and punch out of a time clock, have somebody overseeing and supervising them. Uh, they need to be micromanaged or whatever, or they love the social environment of uh, the, the, the break room and the drinking fountain conversations and the cubicles and, and all that, okay? Well, so what happened, and I predicted this with my own landlord, who is a billionaire, uh, that uh, commercial real estate, uh, the demand for it would, would drop drastically after COVID-19, and it did. And so this is why we have 30 to 40 percent, and it's even going to be higher vacancies. Well, we also have, uh, because of irresponsible government spending and the printing of money, they're trying to get inflation under control. And so the Federal Reserve has been lowering interest rates uh, at an accelerated uh, pace that they rarely, rarely do. And now we have a lot of these uh, commercial real estate uh, holdings that uh, they have to be refinanced within in the next uh, two years, uh, about three trillion worth, uh, about half of those have to be refinanced or renegotiated because they had balloon payments or whatever. And now the interest rates are approaching double what they used to have. And these landlords can afford it. And uh, if you haven't ever figured this out, uh, lending institutions loan you based upon your ability to repay. They don't care how much equity is in the property. Uh, and if you lack the ability to repay because you don't have positive cash flow on your rentals, uh, then they foreclose. And guess who ho- holds most of the mortgages on commercial real estate, regional banks. And so we will see a ripple effect. Uh, You know, in my opinion, Silicon Valley or Signature, uh, Old Republic, uh, uh, these banks, uh, or maybe it's First Republic. I can't remember what the name of the bank was. But uh, this is just the beginning. So uh, some predict that 2008 will, uh, will be nothing compared to the upcoming uh, real estate crisis. But the point I'm making is I have learned a long time ago that if you're going to leverage, and there's nothing wrong with leverage, leverage is the third marvel or miracle of wealth accumulation. Leverage is the ability to own and control assets with very little or none of your money tied up or at risk in that asset. Now, leverage without liquidity is stupidity. Uh, when you uh, leverage and you don't have uh, liquidity, you, you see people who, who borrow, 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 and they have very little um, liquid cash on hand. It's all trapped in the property, or they're leveraging and they own multiple properties. And then when something happens and uh, they have vacancies of 30, 40, or 50 percent, or if you're renting uh, you know, a home or an apartment uh, and you have vacancies, you've got to have the ability to cover the mortgage payment. Because if you miss about three of those in a row, they have the right to foreclose on you. 
and they're going to close on you faster if you have a lot of equity than if you owe more than what it's worth. And that's another topic. But see, when people don't realize this, they take their positive cash flow and they send an extra 500 bucks a month against their mortgage on their house, or uh, they, they take the positive cash flow on their rental properties and they, they pay it against the mortgages thinking that is smart. Uh, to me, that's not smart. Uh, you are giving up liquidity. It's better to take that positive cash flow or those extra principal payments and put it into a compounding account, compounding tax-free. And my favorite vehicle is the laser fund, and I've averaged uh, 9 10%, so let's say 9% tax-free. So I'm earning 9% on that. And if I borrow money on mortgages, on properties, uh, I can borrow money at 4.5% tax deductible interest in a 33% bracket that's only costing me 3%. So on every million dollars of mortgages, I pay 30000 a year, but I'm making 90000 300% more, three times that on my money that is compounding tax-free that I'm not putting into the mortgage. And if you do the math, you'll have enough money in the compounding account to pay off the mortgage about two and a half to three years faster than giving that money to the mortgage company and you give up liquidity. And this is what gets people into trouble. Uh, my own landlord of, of my uh, office and uh, studio and so forth, uh, he always uh, keeps his money liquid and safe so that he can weather the storms when uh, real estate gets soft. Uh, I can prove to you, if you want to get out of debt, uh, I can show you how to get out of debt probably two and a half years faster, but not giving it to the mortgage company in extra principal payments. It's socking it away, compounding tax-free at a rate of return equal to, or in my case, double or triple the net cost of a mortgage. Even if you borrow money at 6% tax deductible, that's only a net cost of four. And if you only earn eight, 8% is a double. It is 100% more than 4%. Does that make sense? In 2008, my home went down in value $400,000 from a million five to a million one. That's a 26% reduction. On my first mortgage, uh, I was making three times what that was. But on my second mortgage uh, that was on the last uh, 400000 people said, Neener, 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 Mr. Andrew, you're underwater. You owe more than your house is worth. Did I care? I was in control. Uh, if I would have left that money in the property, I would have lost the money in the property until uh, years later when it finally came back up to a million five and then greater. But on that 400000 I was paying 4% uh, net, and I was earning 8% tax-free, 100% more, and so I was in control. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. The taxes you will owe on your IRAs and 401ks is probably the number one danger that causes most retirees to outlive their money. Welcome back. This is Doug Andrew, Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. If you're just joining us in the previous segment, uh, I was talking about how to protect uh, your serious cash. And I was uh, talking specifically about the equity in uh, your real estate properties. And uh, many people have rental properties, uh, whether it's commercial or uh, residential, or even if it's your own home, okay? I have always... Uh, 
kept my real estate equity separated as much as possible uh, because if you want to get out of debt, you'll actually get out of debt about two and a half years faster uh, by sending the extra 500 bucks, not to the mortgage company against your principal, but putting it into a compounding account tax-free where I have actually earned uh, 200 to 300% higher rates than the net cost of borrowing the money. But I get out of debt two and a half years faster. I have enough money to pay off my mortgage faster than if I give it to the mortgage company. But also if you own commercial properties and uh, you are going to suffer from the upcoming um, a crash in the real estate market. It's already happening. I'm not a doomsdayer, but I am a realist. And so commercial real estate is hurting really bad right now uh, due to several factors. And uh, we have 30 to 40% vacancies. And a lot of these landlords have a lot of their equity tied up in it. They lack liquidity. See, leverage without liquidity is stupidity is what I was talking about. And uh, so that's why I always keep uh, my money liquid safe on hand in case I have to cover for negative cash flow if there's vacancies and I don't have enough rental income to cover it and what have you. A lot of people never learn uh, this. Uh, they, they take all their positive uh, rental cash flow and they apply it against the mortgage trying to get the property paid off. And then as soon as they run into trouble, uh, they get foreclosed on because the banks uh, will not work with you. They don't care how much equity you have. If you don't have the ability to pay the mortgage or the ability to repay a loan, they'll, they won't refinance your mortgage. And that's what's happening with a lot of uh, commercial real estate right now. Let's uh, segue over into uh, the ripple effect that is also caused by irresponsible government spending and the printing of money and what have you. And uh, that's where when the government is hard up for money, and uh, hopefully you haven't had your head in the sand where uh, during COVID-19, the government basically spent twice as much as they brought in. And hello, come on, Economics 101. If if you were making $100,000 a year, but you borrowed uh, another 100000 and spent 200000 even though you only made a $100,000, um, you have got to pay that back somehow, some way. Well, what the federal government did is they didn't do that. They used the excuse of the pandemic to pass even more spending. And now the government is spending three to three and a half times what they bring in. Now, when they do that, uh, they try to solve it uh, with two main ways. They print more money. And unfortunately, they've been printing money uh, at an unprecedented rate. I'll talk about that in the next segment, in fact. Uh, But they also want to raise taxes. And so he's attempting to do that in several areas, Uh, income tax, uh, directly or indirectly. And he does that different ways by uh, not allowing high income earners uh, the same type of uh, deduction or benefits with 401ks, okay? It's like smoke and mirrors. Uh, inflation is actually a hidden tax. It hurts uh, uh, the the middle-income people that he didn't want to hurt, but he gets away with, well, that's not tax, that's inflation. But see, what happens is, is many politicians... Uh, they don't understand basic economics. And so when they say, well, uh, let's tax uh, the people who have the money, well, that's retirees. And he then causes people to outlive their money or he taxes uh, businesses and corporations. And he goes, you know what? Uh, I want to raise the corporate tax rate from 21% up to 28%. That's only 7% more. Uh, That's not very much. They can afford it. Well, 
right off the bat, I know he doesn't know much about um, business and corporations. Most corporations only operate on about 25 to 3% profit margin. But if you raised it from 21% to 28%, that's a, that's a 33% increase over what they were paying. And he goes, well, how do you figure? Listen, okay, if on a million dollars of profit, you pay 210000 at 21%, and now you have to pay 28%, that's 280000 that's 70000 more dollars. 70000 is 33% more than $210,000. Corporations just can't afford to immediately pay 33% higher tax. And, and yet that's what they do. And so what do corporations and businesses do? Uh, they lay off people, they change to automation, it creates unemployment, they raise the prices of their goods and services, and now everything costs more, and everybody complains, and he wonders what's going on, and then they try to control things, and so they raise interest rates to control inflation. It's just this vicious circle. It has ripple effects left and right, and uh, they don't know what they're doing, and so it doesn't do any good to look like a hero and raise minimum wages to 15 or 20 bucks an hour when that wage increase was gobbled up at the gas pump and the hamburger stand and when they go to buy eggs. Does that make sense? And so uh, they want to raise the inheritance tax, uh, the estate tax. Uh, some people call it the death tax because uh, they want to raise that from, you know, uh, about uh, 40% up to 67%. That, that's a 50% increase, by the way. And uh, they love to tax people who were six feet under because they can't complain about it. And uh, the people who are inheriting this from their folks, uh, well, they didn't earn it, so they they don't deserve it. The government wants to swoop in and take at least two-thirds of that. And then uh, the long-term capital gains, Biden wants to double those. Uh, he That was not very popular when he first introduced it, but now he wants to take that from 20% up to 39.6%. And then he's talking about doing away with a step-up in basis on long-term capital gains so that all those 1031 exchanges you have done are going to be for naught. And you're going to have to uh, pay capital gain tax and your heirs will. They will not get a step up in basis uh, when you die and you leave behind those properties to your kids or a charity. Uh, this is what happens when you have irresponsible government spending. And then they print money and then they raise taxes. Well, I have a simple solution. If you want to be immune from taxes going up in the future, convert some uh, the majority or all of your uh, retirement accounts, your money, to tax-free vehicles. Not tax-deferred, tax-free. And people say, well, what's tax-free? Well, my favorite financial vehicle has been tax-free in the Internal Revenue Code under three sections, 72E, 7702, and 101A of the Internal Revenue Code. It's been a sacred tax-free cash cow for 108 years. And so uh, this is really designed to help people to be independent, uh, to not have to rely on the government. It's not a loophole, but it's tax-free. If you have money trapped in an IRA or 401k, that's only tax-deferred. You're going to have to pay tax on that when you start taking out the money. 
And if you don't start taking out the money by age 72, the government will penalize you 50% on top of the tax. If uh, you have a million dollar nest egg and you have a life expectancy at age 72 of 20 years, you're supposed to pull out at least a required minimum distribution, let's say, of, of, of 1 20th, 5%. That would be 50 grand. If you don't, the penalty is 25,000 on top of the tax on 50,000. The government has been planning on that tax revenue. And uh, when they are hard up for it, they want it sooner than later, they encourage you to convert to a Roth, which triggers tax. Now, I've never owned an IRA or 401k for this reason, and I've never owned a Roth because they have too many strings attached. My favorite vehicle uh, is what many savvy CPAs and tax attorneys call the rich person's Roth. I snicker because you don't have to be rich to have a laser fund. Uh, you can set one up for 500 bucks a month, uh, for a, a, a thousand a month, a, a hundred grand a year, uh, 500,000 a year, 5 million a year. And we have clients all over the country that utilize this to accumulate money tax-free and then be able to turn on tax-free income at payouts of 7, 8, 9, 10%. Every million bucks can generate 70,000 conservatively and usually up to 100,000 a year of tax-free income uh, without a depleting principle. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio.